I met a stranger, stranger who ended up being like a former CTO. He had like all this experience in startup and tech. And I said, hey, like I have a solution and I know we're going to win. And <laughs> Welcome to the Brand Brief Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends on the business side of fashion, beauty, entertainment, and tech, and the impact technology has on driving brand growth. This podcast is powered by Brand Method Media Group, and I'm your host, Kelly Kelly. Today's guest is Veronica Woodruff, CEO and founder of Travelsist, a supply chain leader in ground passenger services and in on-demand personal assistance services for air travelers. Welcome to the show, Veronica. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I would love to start from the beginning in terms of the inspiration behind your company and a little bit about that journey. Sure. So, well, I went from being a flight attendant to a CEO and uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Went, yeah. Yeah. My background originally California native, went to college, graduated from Cal State University, Monterey Bay. My father passed away and my mom moved to Atlanta. And I remember telling my college advisor, hey, I'm moving to Atlanta. We had all these internships and opportunities, you know, then in central coast of California. And I remember him saying, Atlanta is a good city. It's home of the world's most amazing Fortune 500 companies. And he was like, there's going to be endless opportunity for you there. And I really didn't know what he meant, you know, and I knew like, okay, I do want to be an entrepreneur because my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My uncles and aunts are entrepreneurs. There's so many people that were in my family that were entrepreneurs. and But I just didn't really see what I would do. <laughs> and I came to Atlanta, didn't really like it when I first came. <laughs> so I was what buying What did you like? I just- I'm curious because I, I, I didn't know. either. You know, I'm, I think we talked about it. I'm from Cali too. And I didn't like it when I first came. What what didn't you like about it? So there is a Southern hospitality and it's good, but Atlanta is also made up of people from everywhere else. And uh, my experience coming from Monterey, which is like its own little island and then coming to this larger city with a lot of culture and a lot of diverse cultures, a lot of people weren't really nice when I first came. And I think it was the area that I moved to. I wasn't actually in the city of Atlanta. I was like in a suburban city. And Which so one? where were you? <laughs> <laughs> I said this was me. candid, Veronica. This is candid. <laughs> what was the city? I'll tell you mine if you um, tell me yours. Uh, <laughs> so we were in, my mom moved to Gwinnett County. And so I was coming to move with her to Gwinnett County. And actually I ended up moving back to Monterey and then coming back to Atlanta. When I moved back to Atlanta, I was in uh, Midtown and I loved it. It was a completely different experience. So if you live in the, the outer, what is that called? The print outside OTP. of the, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's a completely different environment from being like in the city of Atlanta, like in deep in the heart of the city. So for those of you who are listening, you have a whole different experience. <laughs> and I imagine, were you, were you young? You were yes, I was like yeah that yeah that makes a difference yeah huge like, difference. I, I hated it, you know, and I was just like I got to go back and I got to see the ocean. I got to I went from seeing the ocean from my front door to 
looking at trees and like there's no sound, no nothing else. <laughs> and so, yeah, I came here, you know, and my one of my good friends, she ended up becoming a flight attendant. She was like, you should just try it. You won't have to pay for your tickets. And I was like, oh, okay, free flights. Let me get my wings. <laughs> and uh, and so I did it. And the cool thing and exciting thing about it is like every time I went to work, I met somebody new. I met someone that told me their story. And I used to intentionally ask, make conversations with people who I admired. When I saw them get on a plane, I was like, hey, like, what brings you here today? Like, where are you headed to? You know, and they would tell me their story. And sometimes people would get deep down in life. And a lot of times people are traveling to go and bury a family member. A lot of times people are traveling to reach their next lifetime milestone. And um, so many different experiences, so many different stories, and so many things that I've learned just from being a flight attendant that I'm, I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful that I even walked that journey. It was necessary. Yeah. I actually had the same sentiment. I moved here at 15 years old and we did not move to the city. This was 1996 and we moved to Stone Mountain. So I think context certainly matters as a younger person moving to OTP from the West Coast is a huge adjustment. There is no, hey, I love Atlanta. I live in the burbs now. That's because I'm married and have a family and that's what it's good for. But when you are 16, 21 and you're coming from the West Coast, this does not feel like it. It feels like a really jarring experience. So I just wanted to create that context and clarity. We love Atlanta. Atlanta is great. But when you're a young person, kind of just abruptly moving here like that is a bit of an adjustment. So <laughs> talk to me a little bit about, I mean, obviously, and I didn't know that you had that flight attendant experience. That makes a lot of sense. But what then made you say, I'm going to start a tech company? So there was like a lot of things that happened. Came to Atlanta, became a flight attendant, started asking people who I met while I was traveling what they did, both offline and online when I was a flight attendant. And then also like my immediate circle, the new people that I met in Atlanta, they were all entrepreneurs or their significant others were entrepreneurs. And, you know, just having them ask me to assist them in solving problems for their very own small businesses and finding out like, hey, like it worked and it was able to accelerate their growth in certain areas or at different levels of capacity. I always had this lens of solving problems in a unique way. I've always been always been a problem solver, but I did a hackathon. I went in, ATB was having a hackathon with Amazon in Georgia Pacific. Didn't know a thing about tech, right? Went in there, found, you know, I knew ahead of time what we were solving for. So I was like, oh, I know how to solve for this. I just need somebody who has the technical background to create it and demonstrate it and create all, display all the feasibility around it. So I met a stranger, stranger who ended up being like a former CTO. He had like all this experience in startup and tech. And I said, hey, like I have a solution and I know we're going to win. And <laughs> he basically, he was like, okay, tell it to me. And I told him, he was like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. And then he was like, but I got to tell you, like, I have an obligation, like the day that you're supposed to present and I can't be there. So I was like, it's okay. So we had 48 hours. He was like, are you comfortable doing it on your own? And I said, yeah. And even though I was scared, I just said yes. And we have 48 hours to create our solution presentation and then go up and present it. And throughout the 48 hours, we met 
like multiple times. And this man took me aside and he taught me all of the tech acronyms. Like he showed me how to create systems uh, of feasibility, like why we can do this. He told me everything about environment. He did this. I had my six month old daughter with me, you know, while we're meeting because I was a new mom and he showed me all these things and he didn't, I was thinking about it. I always thought about it later. Like he didn't have to do all this. I promised him that whatever the prize money was, we would go straight down the middle. And even if he didn't present, we would still go straight down the middle. And we won. I went up there, I pitched it, we won. And we even won more than what the initial offering was. Wow. It was it was actually tripled at the end of it. And so that opportunity was how I that first opportunity. And then I won a few other hackathons after that. That's how I broke into tech. There was an investor one day at ATV and he saw that I won the last one. And he said, you need to solve a problem of your own. And at that time, the biggest problem that I had is each and every time I traveled with my daughter, I couldn't get assistance, even if I wanted to pay for it. I had to be reluctant on a stranger handing, putting their hand out and saying like, hey, can I help you carry your bag? Can I assist you? We, we didn't have a disability, so we couldn't get a wheelchair assistance. Or sometimes a flight attendant would be like, hey, let me help you. But we had to rely on acts of kindness in order to get from point A to point B, even though I knew that if there was a service that did exist, I would be willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really interesting. As a mom of two it's a different world trying to travel and navigate. And I've only done it really once. And I have, I relied a lot on my husband to do it. And I was still overwhelmed. And even now knowing what I know, when I, when I'm traveling by myself and I see people that are traveling with, with especially small children, I try to always lend a hand if they don't have assistance, because that's a lot. Traveling is already a lot. Now you're dealing with a very unpredictable element, which is a child. And that adds a whole nother level of stress, anxiety. You're trying to make a certain time frame. It's it's just a lot going on. And they don't care. They're going to fall out. Where they going to fall out? (laughs) They do not care. So often you hear you need to solve for a problem that you have. And I don't think it's as literal for a lot of people as it is for you. And does that make the challenges a little bit easier? Because even like you said, finding a CTO, you had a clear vision and it was so personal to you that I'm sure that came across to him and that helped to foster y'all's relationship. And as you're navigating the tech space, even not knowing technical, technical, you still felt comfortable saying, okay, give me a crash course and I can run the play, even if you're not here. Do you feel like that conne- that very personal connection to the mission and the solution is is helping drive that? Or what do you think? No, 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 no. I, I think it, it helps to some extent, but I definitely have learned the hard way. I remember having people that did have technical experience come and they were willing to build this with us, but they weren't the right people. It took some time to get the right people to actually get their hands on a company, roll their sleeves up and actually help build and grow the company. And it took some dedication on their part. It it also took me having a clear vision. The more clear and confident I was in what exactly we were doing and what we were building and the solution that we were solving. And also like meeting with our customers and having them tell us this is exactly what we need. It went from us servicing parents who were traveling 
And we started meeting with airports and they're saying like, hey, that's really good that you're doing this, but can your travel assistants push wheelchairs? Can they assist with elderly travelers who are need assistance with wayfinding? Can they help people who are seniors, help them get across the airport and or people with disabilities who don't need a wheelchair? And so all of this feedback, all this data that we got from just talking to them, let us know like, okay, that's good that we're providing a solution for parents, but there's all these other groups, people with disabilities or anyone who has any type of special or extra needs, they too need assistance. And it's unfair because most times these people have to spend money for luxury travel or accommodation. So like they have to buy first class tickets, they have to pay to be the first to board. And there's so much data out there that shows like how much they spend. And it's a huge market alone just on how much disabled passengers um, spend every year. But we saw the need. We made that our focus. We can't just focus on one group. We have to focus on making it easier for all groups. And that's why AI is so important to the aviation industry, because of the more we solve today with AI and machine learning, the better tomorrow will be because of the data that we're retracting, the data that we're pulling, the different requests that are being made by these multiple groups, the different needs that we collectively as people are wanting to see happen when we're in this unfamiliar environment in these several different airports. What's an example of how y'all are using AI in the company? Yeah, so we use AI to speed up requests. So whether that's information or assistance, if you're a passenger, right, and you're requesting assistance, you don't have to wait. You can be very specific the, the way we use AI by personalization, so we're giving the power back to the people to have control of their very own travel experience the minute they hit the airport. Now, during the time where most people weren't traveling, what kept you motivated in such an uncertain and I'm sure impactful time? What kept you motivated and kept you focused? Where did you guys put your energy during those two or so years? Yeah, that was hard for us, right? Because yeah. I had the, the idea of Travel Assist. I was at ATDC building when I had, I think you and I are connected through Launchpad. And so I had some mentors already assisting and guiding me, but we didn't launch until the same month, like right after the president said that we knew that the whole world was actually going to be down and from flying. It wasn't truly down, but it was recommended that people shouldn't travel. So travel was all the way down. And that was hard because I remember someone telling me to just take a break and hang my company up on a shelf and just wait until after the pandemic. And we never really knew when it would end, right. you know, if it's over. But I kept going. I just couldn't let go. Like I couldn't see myself doing anything. And it was actually the best thing to do because I was able to sit down and meet with airport leaders who now had the time to have conversations with me when normally in a traditional world, they would be too busy to sit down and meet with a startup founder. And it was a good opportunity for us because we were able to be heads down in research. I remember having a group of interns at um, Cornell University. And every time I got feedback, from meeting with an airport or an airliner, I went back and I was like, hey, we need to find this and this and this and this. And then all of these things, it took a group of people to help me connect the dots. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I learned a lot of hard lessons. And I'm glad that because of the pandemic, 
I was able to pause and learn from those lessons. I know. I think you and I met for the first time before the pandemic. And then I would often think about you're directly related to this industry. And I was, I would see your content on LinkedIn and I'm like, she is still pushing, man. That is so admirable where most people, like you said, would be like, okay, I have a tech brand in the travel space. Ain't nobody traveling. Like, let me do something else. And I would just see your content and you were just still out there. You were speaking. I know you were like presenting and being a part of panels and just still keeping that brand alive. And that was very inspirational to me. So I'm glad I got a little bit of context and I'm sure somebody listening is going to be like that. That's a pretty big one. Everybody was impacted, but obviously a company like yours would be super impacted. What I would love to do is kind of get a glimpse of what the future holds for TravelSys. What are you guys working on? Are there any new developments that you want to share or highlight? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So what we're working on is just, we have, it's the beginning of the year, of course, we have big dreams, big goals, big wishes. We're aiming really, really high. Right now we're only operating within the Atlanta area and we have some deals that are in place (laughs) that we should be making some major announcements pretty soon. I can't just say right now, but pretty, pretty, pretty soon. Do you feel optimistic about the year? 100%. Yeah. I woke up today full of big heart and full of gratitude. I'm like, I'm telling you team is like the number one thing. And I'm grateful. A lot of majority of our team were on years two and three together and just where we've been, the mountains we've climbed. I mean, we're still climbing. We're almost there. And it's just like, we're flying and I'm happy to get to this, to get the company to this point, it's hard to have an idea and get it off the ground and get it to in flight. And that's where we are. And now we have to keep going and get some miles, <laughs> more miles. <laughs> but yes, we're definitely doing, we're doing really good. I'm very confident in the team. I'm very confident in the leaders um, here at Travel Assist. We've been successful last year, I don't think was great for anyone. And (laughs) that's why uh, I asked the question. (laughs) Yeah, no one, it wasn't good for anyone. It was hard. And and there was a lot of doubt. There's a lot of disparity and we kept pushing when we had a goal. We have a vision to carry out and everyone was focused on carrying out that goal. And I'm grateful that I have people who are dedicated to the vision of this company to be able to help carry out the goals that we had. And we ended the year accomplished. It might have not been how we thought it would be, but at some point in the year, we just realized that we can't put a time on things. <laughs> you know, they're going to happen whenever they they wanted to happen. Because last last year, I don't think anything happened on time. Everything happened when it was meant to happen. And this year, we started off strong, and we're still we're still going strong. So I'm just grateful. And that is one thing before we close out, I wanted to to touch on the team aspect. What do you think contributed to you being able to build such a dedicated team? I think vulnerability, being 100% transparent with everyone, treating people with people. We have a really good culture, company culture here at TravelSys. We all respect each other. We all are flexible with each other. We're patient with each other. We have a real small team. Each of us are teaching each other something new or something that we had no idea even existed. So there's a lot of learning going on. I can't be grateful enough how we interact as a team and how consistent we are 
even with being kind to one another, because I, I just feel like business is business, but we're living. So I, I think that we have to give each other grace for life and life happens. I remember very early on having mentors and advisors push and apply pressure on me to apply on my team. And it, it just wasn't, it's not fair, right? There's, we're so early that like, we're about still, even today, we're still early where the company is still probably 90% innovation. So mm -hmm. what the day in life looks like at Travelsys is a lot of ideas, a lot of like problem solving, a lot of putting things in, in its place, what works, what doesn't works and weeding out all the things that, okay, this wasn't right. So we're, we're still at a level, we're still operating at a level where we're still learning. Uh, but we do have, we do have solutions that are effective and that we know what works and we know what doesn't work, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I really appreciate your time. And like I mentioned before we started recording, we do have to schedule a proper catch up at some point. But I thank you so much for being a part of the show. That's going to wrap our show for today. So thank you to our guest, Veronica Woodruff, CEO and founder of TravelSyst. We're going to drop the contact information for the company in the show notes for anybody who's interested in keeping up with new developments, learning more about what's coming down the pipeline for the year and supporting the company. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and review, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.